Welcome Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find great talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today, as well as a mission and a calling. You know how I feel about that. Let's go straight to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you again this morning with grateful hearts. Your grace is amazing, your love is pure, and your forgiveness is sure. Make us a people who will bow in true humility And then may we be a people who will stand up for you and work for the betterment of your kingdom. You are Lord of the harvest, and the harvest is plenty, and we know that the workers are few. Place your fire in each one of us, O God, that we will always seek your will, speak your truth, and walk in your ways. May we always choose your path of righteousness over the ways of this depraved world and our own selfish hearts. I come to you again, Abba Father, to ask you for your protection over our President, Donald J. Trump. Use him and he as he tries to lead this nation. He has not been known in the past, Father, as a godly man, but his love for this nation and the people and his respect for life, in particular the unborn, is evident. Grant him the gift of discernment, as each day many issues are laid before him and decisions must be made. Be with his entire administration. Keep them each one safe as well as their families. We are in a heated election here, Father. I know that you see this. We are looking at a once free nation turning the corner back into slavery to be led by an oligarchy, a group who scream about equality and seek to take all the people, all that the people have for redistribution of wealth, and a pretense of equality. But liberty, liberty comes from you, not from man. We know this. We also know that leaders can take and make slaves of the people. I ask you to guard over this election and over your people. There has been yet another vicious attack in France, Father, and oh, how it must break your heart. I beg you to comfort and heal them. And be with the authorities as they try to bring justice and keep their people safe. The world needs you, Abba Father. Today we bring all these needs and others and place them at your feet. You know each one and I trust. I trust you to meet each need. For such a time as this, I ask that you hear our prayers and heal our land and bring each American home to you. Amen. Truth and integrity. We are five days from an election day. While each election from Dal Ketcher to president is important, the voice of the people is what makes our constitutional republic unique, and it's people free and independent. This election has that very freedom at stake. 
It's important to remember that every fraudulent vote that is cast invalidates the vote of an eligible voter. Americans deserve to have an electoral process that they can trust and that protects their most sacred right and that they have the right to know when the integrity of that process is imperiled. Those are two quotes from the writings of our guest today. I told you earlier this week that we would be visiting with a gentleman who is an expert in our elections, Hans von Spakovsky, and I'm going to introduce him. He's an authority on civil rights, civil justice, the First Amendment, and immigration, and the rule of law and government reform. I don't know where he's been all our lives. We should have had him right here a long time ago. He is a senior legal fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Edwin Meese Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. He also studies and writes about campaign finance restrictions over fraud and voter ID, enforcement of federal voting rights laws, administration of elections and voting equipment standards. In an era of razor-thin election margins, these issues are vital to the preservation of our Republican form of government and the rule of law. Hans has said that as well. He is the co-author with John Fund of the book, Who's Counting? How Fraudsters and Bureaucrats Put Your Vote at Risk. President Trump appointed von Spassky, I'm sorry, Spaskowski, I'm sorry, I messed it up, to the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity in 2017. Before joining Heritage in 2008, Hans served two years as a member of the Federal Election Commission. He worked for the Justice Department as counsel to the Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights, providing expertise in enforcing the Voting Rights Act and the help. America Vote Act of 2002. Hans currently serves on the policy board of the American Civil Rights Union. And we welcome you, Hans, to CSC Talk Radio. How are you this morning, sir? Uh, Bethann, I'm doing great, and uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, well, thanks for being with us. We just appreciate it so much. It's We have this big vote coming up in five days, and we've already been threatened that we're not going to have a decision made because there's going to be so many things contested. They're talking about closeness. They're talking about fraud. And I just kind of wanted to really go over this. I'm not going to take any phone calls from listeners today because I think this is so important that we hear what you have to say. I've, I've been reading some of your writings this morning, and you have three key facts Election fraud is real. There are many ways of tampering. And the third one is what I quoted. I just love this. Every fraudulent vote that is cast invalidates the vote of an eligible voter. I think that's so important for people to to look at that. It's a very simple statement, but it's very real. And I'm just going to let you take the next few minutes here and just talk about this voter fraud and what is at stake here come next Tuesday. Well, the U.S. That, that's a lot. Despite what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, despite what you hear in the mainstream media, uh, as the as the Supreme Court said, actually back in 2008 in a case uh, approving Indiana's new voter ID law, look, we the U.S. has this long history of, of election fraud, and it's been documented mm-hmm. by journalists and historians, and it could make a difference in a close election, and we. We have, you know, we have close elections all the time in this country. In fact, remember, it was just two years ago that we had a congressional race in uh, North Carolina. It was the ninth congressional district overturned 
the margin of victory on election day was 905 votes. And uh, the election was overturned, and seven locals um, were uh, criminally uh, indicted and charged with absentee ballot fraud and tampering with absentee ballots, and they had to hold a new election. So that case involved literally hundreds hundreds of uh, false ballots um, that had changed the results of the election. And unfortunately, that's not that unusual. I mean, I'm not going to tell you we have massive uh, voter fraud across the country. That's what the left constantly says. Oh, we don't have that. But we have enough of it that we need to be concerned about it. You know, you were talking about um, how every – illegitimate votes steals the the legitimate vote of a voter. Well, look, just a month ago, the Secretary of State of Georgia announced that he was sending the names of a 1,000 Georgians to law enforcement. Why? Because they voted twice in the uh, (laughs) June primary. Now, hopefully these folks will be investigated and prosecuted, but they voted. Their, their double votes weren't de- detected, so that's a 1,000 illegal votes that got in, into the ballot box that you can't pull out and you can't retrieve. And that's why we, we need to be concerned about it, and we need to take steps to try to make sure it, it, it doesn't happen or as little of it as possible happens. I hear music, and we're going to talk about a lot of that. And there was a lot of things here in the readings. I was reading several of your writings this morning that I want to address. And obviously, we won't have time to go into each one detail in detail. But I think it's important that we do know. And the Supreme Court is going to be pulled in, and already have been, uh, to make some of these decisions which is not where it's supposed to be done. (laughs) And I thought that was key in these writings as well. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Hans today, and we're talking about election fraud and our vote, how important our vote is. And we will be right back. following is not paid for or endorsed by any political candidate, party, or radio station. Ladies, Democrats are counting on your votes, but you cannot count on the Democrats. Socialism pushed by our Democrats is an economic theory proven to fail, characterized by state government ownership of businesses, property, and services. The state is in charge of production and distribution of all goods. Social programs and services cannot be offered to you unless they take your dollars and your choices away. Education will not be free. It will be controlled. No school choice. Health care will not be free or affordable. It will be controlled. Defunding our local police, disarming citizens, letting prisoners go free is the true existential threat to your safety and your family. President Donald Trump is not the enemy of the republic. He is the enemy of the political elites and the Democrat socialists and the globalists. November 3rd, vote against every Democrat from dog catcher to senator. Vote for President Donald Trump. Let's restore our republic and bring America home. 
Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radical like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America the lights on. We have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we're visiting today with Hans. I'm just going to skip your last name because I get it right a third of the time when I say it. <laughs> I, uh, my well, last name well, is Schoenberg, so I know I understand it completely. You understand. <laughs> well, it's a typical name I, for somebody born and raised in Alabama, don't you think? I, I think it is. I, you, you must be incognito down there, you know. <laughs> Where's that accent, too? Where is it? I have somebody well, on parents, Facebook. My parents that, were immigrants. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I was, uh, you can track me all, all the way back to, in fact, even to the Revolutionary War. I have uh, ancestors that were in that. I go way back. But my husband's only second generation born here in the United States with the name Schoenberg. His grandfather came over here from Switzerland. So. Uh, we kind of like our mixed bloods. <laughs> we kind of like it. I have um, someone on Facebook that was making a comment that he had breakfast uh, this morning with several of his friends, and one of them happens to be a Democrat. He was laughing and saying he was going to vote twice because he mailed in his vote, and he's going to go vote too. And uh, I, I don't think that's really the way it works, but that is scary, and I know that people are worried about this mail-in voting because of such a thing going on. And I'm going to let you address that one first, just because they have mentioned it here as they're listening to the show. 
Well, that's a real problem, and the reason for that is that voter rolls are in terrible condition all over the country. The state election officials just aren't doing a good job of cleaning them up, and by cleaning them up, I don't mean taking eligible voters off. What I mean is taking off people who, for example, have moved out of state or uh, uh, have died or are not real voters because they're registered not at their home residences, which is where you're supposed to register, but at businesses and vacant lots and places like that. And and that's why, um, for example, just simply mailing out absentee or mail-in ballots, every registered voter, as some states have decided to do because of COVID-19, is a really bad idea. Let, let me tell you how bad no, it's a horrible idea. <laughs> Go ahead. Listen, the, the, the Public Interest Legal Foundation is this nonprofit group. I'm actually on the board. And you know what we did? We got hold of, we, it was expensive, but we got the voter registration list of 42 states. And we got the voter histories of 42 states. And then we took that information and we supplemented it with commercial data, like from credit agencies. And the point of that was to get a unique identifier on every registered voter. That way, we would know if John Smith, who's registered in Maryland, is the same John Smith registered in Virginia or two different people. We then compared the lists. And you would not believe what we found. We found that, for example, in the 2016 and 2018 elections, over 80,000 people who were registered twice in the same mm. state with election officials not realizing they were the same person, and they voted twice. So that's 80,000 illegal ballots, potentially, uh, in states all over the country. We found more than 14,000 individuals who cast ballots, who are registered in two different states, and they cast ballots in two different states. And it, we, we found almost 14,000 people also who are credited with having cast ballots, even though they're dead. So you're talking <laughs> about pretty big numbers that, again, could affect the close election. But, and, you know, and I'm thinking, where's the morality of the individual citizen? That they would even do such a thing, because that's down another road. <laughs> but we had that in just in just the last few weeks. We've had uh, a friend of mine said a friend of his that had just moved here five years ago, moved into Missouri from the state of California five years ago, received a mail-in ballot from California. So yeah, they could, I guess, vote that, twice. That, yeah, that doesn't surprise me either. California is probably the worst state in the country, I would rate it as the worst state in the country, with not wanting to clean up its uh, voter registration uh, uh, roles. And in fact, uh, I can tell you that they have large numbers of aliens, people who are not U.S. citizens, registered mm -hmm. and voting in the state. Now, let's let's talk real quick uh, to differentiate. I, I assume there is a huge difference <laughs> between mail-in an absentee. This this across yeah, the board right. mail in ballots and an absentee. The right. difference in those. Yeah, people often get that confused. Five states in the U.S., uh, including Washington and Oregon, which were the first ones to do it, um, have switched to all mail elections. So you can't vote in person. What they do there wow. is they simply mail a ballot to every single registered voter. 
Now, they claim, oh, their system is perfect and they never have any problems with it. Uh, that's not true because their voter rolls are in bad a shape as many other states, which means you have ballots arriving for people who no longer live in those neighborhoods. I, I know that for a fact, uh, not just from the research I do, but from a heritage colleague I have who uh, moved out of the state eight years ago. Her sister moved out of the state ten years ago, and yet her parents tell her that ballots regularly arrive in the mail, including for this election, at her parents' address. They could easily vote those ballots, and the Washington state would never realize that two people who aren't residents of state have voted. That's different from the other 45 states in the District of Columbia where we still vote in person, but you can request an absentee ballot in about two-thirds of the states. You don't need an excuse for it. In about a third, you still need an excuse like, you know, you're sick, you're physically disabled, you're going to be out of town on Election Day. Uh, and in those states, you actually have to fill out an absentee ballot request form. That's important because the form requires you to give your registration information, your name, your address, et cetera, plus you have to sign it. And that gives election officials some opportunity to authenticate that uh, you're a real voter, you're a real person, you're actually the voter, the registered voter who filled in the form because they can compare your signature, the signature they have on file, and see if you've got the registration information correct. So it's a it's a safer process than mail-in voting. But, uh, Beth Andy, you know what's been going on around the country is there have been lawsuits filed everywhere, almost all by progressive uh, left-wing groups, um, tr- trying to get judges to void out the safety protocols that deal with absentee ballots, saying, oh, because of COVID-19, you can't enforce, for example, your witness signature requirement that many states have for absentee ballots. In Pennsylvania, if you can believe this, last Friday the state Supreme Court, which is uh, 5-2, very liberal uh, uh, judges, told election officials all over Pennsylvania, you cannot reject any absentee ballots just because the signature on the absentee ballot doesn't match the signature on file no, for that that's crazy. Which is a, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a recipe. It's a recipe for fraud. Intentional. It's got to be intentional. It, it is. Yeah. Oh, oh plus. That's like anybody can take it. your check. I know people don't use checks, but they can write a check off yours even though it's not the same signature. They can just take it and write, oh, that's a, I think that's legitimate. Right. I mean, no, yeah, it, it's it, not it, any it, different. No, it's not any different. Plus, by the way, the same court extended the deadline for the receipt of uh, absentee ballots for almost a week and a half after Election Day and then said, uh, oh, by the way, again, uh, you, you, the, the extension of time was to receive the absentee ballots, but they were supposed to be under state law postmarked you know, by the end of Election Day so you know that people aren't actually waiting until they get preliminary results after Election Day and then cast their ballot. But then the court said, oh, and by the way, you can't reject an absentee ballot you received during that extended time just because there's no postmark on the envelope. So, again, you're giving folks the opportunity, and you're giving vote harvesters who work for campaigns and others the opportunity 
to go around and try to uh, find people who didn't actually vote but still have their absentee ballots so they can vote after Election Day uh, to change whatever the preliminary results are telling them is going on in the election. What do you think about, the, I know this is kind of going down a different road, but not really, but Joe Biden made a comment uh, earlier this week or in the latter part of last week about bragging about they've put together the best organized of election fraud that they've ever had before. <laughs> it was like he was just blatantly admitting, we've got this all organized, we know what we're doing, we know how to do the fraud right. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I don't know I don't if that's what he meant to say or not. Say, but, but, but it sure sounded like a Freudian slip, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did sound like a Freudian slip for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, and, okay. you know, it is troublesome, and I want to go back to, uh, I hear the music, we're heading into a break. I want to go back to some other points that you made in some of these writings uh, that I was reading this morning about. It does fall with the state legislature, not in the judge's hands. And I think that is something here with, you know, the uh, the nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett, uh, you know, and this, and this threat of, uh, of uh, you know, packing the court. I want to go back to that because I think a lot of that, you know, this election fraud has to do with being in control of the judges instead of the legislature. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're talking about election fraud, and we will be right back. We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting today with Hans, and we're talking about election fraud. And we're coming into an election, a huge one, I think. And uh, I know a lot of talk show hosts have been saying that. We say that about every election here lately. But this one seems to be actually turning a corner. And, uh, well, I've actually told my my listeners that we're not turning a corner. We're, we're on the edge of a cliff, and we're looking into a very dark abyss a godless abyss. If the Democrats have their way, they want to remove God. They want to remove uh, all of our rights out of the Bill of Rights. They want to trump the Constitution. I'm just using that word. I didn't mean President Trump. But they want to go over, around and beyond our Constitution. Uh, and if they can't do that, they're going to change the rules. And packing the courts is not just the Supreme Court. Packing the courts is taking... Taking the putting these activist judges in in these different federal courts around around this nation, and and leading the way that way instead of legislating. And uh, I was going to have you address that because I think that has led us right into this voter fraud. I know we've had it for a long time. It's always been here because you've always got people with lacking of integrity. But this this packing of the court and the ruling by judges is what they're trying to do with the with our electing. With our elections, yeah, and you can no, you're right, Nathan, and you can see it in uh, look. I've written a lot recently about all the different court cases, the lawsuits we were talking about earlier. I've got several of those in, in front of me. Right, I mean, in South Carolina, Wisconsin, North Carolina, everywhere, and in almost every single case, the lower court judge. He's been filed in federal court, so uh, the federal district court judge who basically issued an injunction telling states that, no, you can't uh, do signature comparison. Uh, yes, you have to extend the deadline for absentee ballots 
uh, no, you can't have a witness. You can't you can't enforce your witness signature requirement. Almost every single one of the judges that has issued an injunction like that was appointed by Barack Obama. And what that shows you is that, um, and and I I know this because I do a lot of work in this area, by the time he left office, after eight years, he had um, appointed almost 40% of all the federal judges across the country. And remember, we have three levels. We have the trial courts, courts of appeals, and the Supreme Court. 40%. And they are, without doubt, the most left-wing radical ideologues that have ever sat on uh, the federal bench. And you can see it in all these bad court decisions because instead of following the Constitution and the law in each case, they're just applying their policy preferences. I mean, they're acting as if they're a super legislator who can override whatever the rules are governing elections that have been set by the state legislatures. And, you know, You can see that, like I said, in all these cases. You can see it in others. But it's really come to the fore in all of these election cases that have been filed this year. And, and, you know, they have uh, accused uh, President Trump of packing the court because he's, you know, been able to fill three vacancies so far. But he's also filled a lot of these other federal vacancies. I mean, it was like... It was like President Obama gave him this gift of all these vacancies, and he's been filling them. And it's like, I think they, I think they were so assured, <laughs> assured that they were going to win with Hillary because they had it bought and paid for. <laughs> that's my, that's my opinion. They had it bought and paid for, and they couldn't believe that the American people, you know, stepped in and rescued that. And they've been mad ever since. So I think they only left those vacant because they were sure that they had. The election won. Even back then, they were that was election fraud, what she was doing, and, and the other things that went on. We know it goes on all the time, and probably on the right and the left. It seems to be more prevalent on the left. Uh, they seem to have to cheat and change the rules when they don't win, and they're really hot now. I don't, I don't know if you've, you've seen the vein sticking out in Chuck Schumer's neck, but he's really hot. He's really upset that... You know, what you said, it's, it, it's, it, look, the point you made is very important, which is, yes, uh, President Trump has filled um, more seats, I think, on uh, uh, the, the, in, in the federal courts is for four years in office than almost any president in an extremely long time. And they've been really good appointments. And, you know, what's happened with many of these bad decisions by these trial judges is, Fortunately, many of the courts of appeal have overturned them. Not all of them. We've still got uh, some bad courts of appeal, like the Ninth Circuit out in California and the Fourth oh, yeah. Circuit, which covers places like North Carolina. But um, but the other courts of appeal have, in many, to many instances, turned back the changes that these progressive groups have tried to get in the rules. And you know, what people need to understand is you don't change the rules in the middle of an election. That, that's well, I've like, always uh, thought that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that's like the coach of a college football team going to the referees in the middle of a bowl game and saying, hey, you need to change these rules uh, because it'll give my side an advantage. <laughs> and everybody would say, well, of course you can't do that. Well, this is exactly the same thing. 
I, I've always thought that. I've wondered why nobody brought that up. Thank you, Hans. <laughs> I've wondered why nobody has brought that up. If they were going to change the rules, change the laws, they should have done that before an election year. We have off years. Every state has off years. They could do that any time. Uh, but no, they chose to do that during this election, in the middle of it. While it's heated up and we've well, got riots in the streets, they just want to add to the contention and, and to the stress of this nation, and it's just crazy. Well, they've been trying to take advantage of the COVID-19 health oh, yeah. because the reasons, <laughs> the reasons they give in all these lawsuits for changing all these rules is, well, it's because of COVID-19. But, look, some of these changes, as you can tell, just make no sense. And I'll give you an example of one. In many of these lawsuits... Um, in the states that ban vote harvesting, and I guess I should, should I quickly explain what, what I mean by that? Yes, yes, do, please. Yeah. Look, in, in the states where you can vote by absentee ballot, you know, you, the voter, you can mail your ballot back, you can personally deliver it yourself, or usually a member of your family can personally deliver it. But other people, other third parties, can't pick up your ballot and deliver it. They're banned. Unfortunately, in about half the states, They've legalized vote harvesting. So that means any stranger can show up at your front door and say, hey, I'll deliver your absentee ballot for you. Very bad idea because, uh, you know, you can't guarantee the people that are working for campaigns or party activists or others are actually going to deliver your ballot or not try to change it or alter it when they get it into their hands. But anyway, in many of these lawsuits, uh, they have tried to get judges to say in states that ban vote harvesting, oh, you can't enforce that law. Because of uh, COVID-19, you've got to allow vote harvesting. Well, Beth Ann, can you think of a faster mm. way to spread COVID-19 than to legalize it that strangers can go door to door to door <laughs> in a neighborhood to offer to pick up your absentee ballot? You know, that, that makes no sense, but that's the kind of Nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense in 2020. Have you noticed that? <laughs> it just nothing makes sense. You know, you can go out and riot and loot for the sake of reparations, but you can't go to church. And if you sing, you need to sing softly because your spittle will <laughs> will spread the COVID. I mean, this stuff is ridiculous. Uh, that was coming out of the state of California. And uh, I have a large family, and we would be gathering at Thanksgiving, warning to all the people in the neighborhood. And um, uh, but if I lived in the state of California, he's saying only three only three families can be under one roof. Well, I have five children, and they're all married, and they're all gone, and they're all coming back. I have two. I have to confess that I have two married grandchildren. They'll be coming back. So that is. That is more than three families under one roof, <laughs> but nothing. Okay, Bethany, the only way twenty twenty. The only way I'll believe I'll believe that is you must have been a child bride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're very kind. <laughs> Thank you very much. I will take that, and I will go tell my husband. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I do want to. I do want to talk to you about the the uh, changing of votes now that people have wanted to do and uh, uh, get your opinion on. We should have started this a month ago and had you on every week. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Beth Ann. We're talking about voter fraud. We're visiting with Hans. I'm not saying his last name because I like him too much. And we will be right back.
If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212 That's 800-378-3212 Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. Makeup America is a brand new line of makeup made in America. Ladies, did you know that most American beauty brands do not make their cosmetics here in the USA? There is no guarantee of quality and transparency of ingredients, testing on animals, abidance to health and safety regulations, or quality control within the manufacturing environment. The old saying, beauty is only skin deep, refers to what's on the inside of the woman. And as you know, what's inside your beauty products matters to your skin. Makeup America is made in the USA, and they pledge to you that their products are non-GMO, paraben-free, fragrance-free, and never tested on animals. Launch your patriotism with Independence Red, Lady Liberty Blue. There's a variety of nail and lip colors to match. And lip care. MakeupAmerica.us. Use promo code BEST20 to receive 20% discount. MakeupAmerica.us. The following is not paid for or endorsed by any political candidate, party, or radio station. American liberty is in the fight of our life, and we need a battle plan. Thomas Jefferson stated, The tyranny of the legislature is really the danger most to be feared and will continue to be so for many years to come. We're under a political monopoly working against the republic and calling the U.S. a democracy, which is mob rule. The battle plan has been given to us by Thomas Jefferson. When once a republic is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils but by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles. Every other correction is either useless or new evil. November 3rd, remove the corruption and evils of the Democrat socialism. From dog catcher to senator, vote out 
every Democrat. Once the Dems are severely rendered in the numbers, the Republican Party can no longer hide in silence. November 3rd, re-elect Donald Trump and give him the Congress we, the people, deserve. And let's bring America home. We have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're in the final segment of today's show. It's the fastest hour of the day, Hans. I don't know if you noticed that, but we have a lot of fun here when we're on the air. We figure we got to have fun because there's too much other going on around us. But lately, yeah, the, the, the comment has come up and the questions have come up since the last debate and some of the other things that are coming out um, that people want to go change their vote. Now, these are those who sent them in. Um, so I want you to kind of address that because I don't know if I've got any listeners that are in that uh, category or not, but they want to go change their vote. Um, can that be done legally? Uh, there's a handful of states where you can do that, uh, assuming that um, the election officials have received your absentee ballot and they can pull it out of the pile that they've gotten. In a lot of states, you can't do that. So... The, the, what I'd recommend to folks is, if you voted with, using an absentee ballot, call your county elections department. Remember, elections across this country are done down at the county government level. The only exception to that is like Michigan, where it's done at the township level. Call the county government office. Explain to them that you want to void out your absentee ballot and uh, see if they'll allow you to do it. Like I said, in a lot of states, it's too late. And, and by the way, that's one of the big drawbacks of uh, oh, voting yeah. by mail. And people just don't, don't think about that, is if you want to change your mind because you voted weeks or even months before Election Day, and something comes out, information you hadn't considered, you want to change your mind, it's usually impossible to do it. I have a question, and it's kind of just out of ignorance. If you voted by mail, can you go on the day of election and check to make sure that your vote was received? It depends. Will on they have record of it? Your, it depends on how good your local elections officials are. They're supposed to, yes, have a record of it if they received your absentee ballot. And the reason for that is, remember... On election day, uh, in the polling places, right, you remember they've got a voter registration list, right? They've got a list of everybody who's assigned to that precinct. And if an absentee ballot was received from a voter, there's supposed to be a notation of that next to the registered voter's name so that if that person comes in and wants to vote in person, the, the person at the registration desk can say, well, sorry, we can't allow you to vote in person because you've already voted by absentee ballot. If, if they don't maintain good records like that, then you can have what happened in Georgia, which is people voting twice. Twice. 
Well, uh, that's what something, you know, they that uh, they, <laughs> the left was hitting President Donald Trump. But what he was suggesting is that you go and make sure that your vote was counted. And I wasn't sure if everybody yeah. was that efficient to do that. Um, and I guess that's the next there's question. A, there's as, supposed to be. Go ahead. They're supposed to be, but there's, they're not. <laughs> well, and that's what you were saying at the beginning of the show. How can we clean it up? I know that uh, President Trump tried to make an effort to clean up some of the uh, voting precincts and stuff back in different states, oh, several years ago, right after he first became president. And a lot of them rejected it. They didn't want it. Um, But I think it's the state and the precincts. Do we need more precincts? Make smaller amount of people. Here where I am in in mid-Missouri, we still vote by paper ballot. At least in my area, we do. Um, We don't have any hanging chads or flip a switch at a computer we actually take the black pencil and and uh, our pen and write and fill in the blanks um and a paper ballot which i think at least you can go back and count those <laughs> you could go back and double check those um right. so well, how can we way, clean it up well that's the way the vast majority of americans vote using a paper ballot although these days they're opti and paper ballot so that when you right. go and you drop it into the ballot box at first it's scanned by a computer and yeah that's a good method because you get the speed of a computer counting the ballots but if there's a question about it you got the actual paper ballot so you can go back and look at it look there's a whole series of things that need to be done first of all every state needs a voter id law i mean that's just common yeah. sense but you need a voter id law that applies not just to in-person voting but also to absentee yeah. ballots uh, every state ought to have uh, a requirement that you provide proof that you're a U.S. citizen when you register to vote. Um, every state ought to be entering into agreements with other states to compare their statewide voter registration list. With well, isn't other that states what a census is about? People. I'm sorry, what? Isn't that what a census is about? We take the census on a state level and on a, on a national level. Shouldn't that all be taken care of somehow? I guess it just doesn't automatically happen. We have to have somebody that, that counts those um, and compares them. I mean, when somebody passes away, is that passed on to the next group there at the state office? Oh, listen, you need to go take them off of the rolls. They can't vote next year. I mean, no, how do- no. Census, the census doesn't do that. It's the, the state. The states should be doing that. I mean, look, a lot of states, for example, don't do something as basic as check their voter registration list against the Social Security Administration's Master Death Index. So Social Security keeps this big master file of people who have died, and states aren't checking it regularly enough, again, to find people who have uh, died. It's just a whole series of steps like that that states ought to take, and if they did... Uh, we would be much better off and we wouldn't have the the, the worries we have right now uh, with regard to the election process. You know, we kind of chuckle around here. We have to show two IDs. We've got a voter card that we get from our, our county, and then we have, you know, our driver's license or other ID, and we show both when we go in, and, and we're in a real small area, so they'll call you by name. Hi, Beth. How are you doing? <laughs> Can I see your ID? <laughs> so we kind of chuckle about that around here, but we do do that. I mean, we, we have to prove who we are and uh, before we vote. Yeah, but you don't in California or New York. (laughs) 
Look, well, California and New York are two of the biggest states in the country, and you don't have to show an ID. And to tell you how easy it is to cheat, uh, remember, 2013 uh, was when de Blasio, the mayor, got elected. And the New York Department of Investigations got word that the New York City was not doing a good job cleaning up its voter rolls, and there were all these people on the rolls that shouldn't be there. So to test that out, the Department of Investigation sent its undercover agents into polling places on Election Day to ask for ballots masquerading as folks who were dead or had moved out of state, and they tried to make it as obvious as possible that their undercover people weren't the weren't the registered voter. The best example was they had a young African American woman who went in and asked for the ballot of a, uh, a Caucasian woman in her uh, late eighties who had died. It was still on the list. <laughs> Every single undercover agent was handed a ballot, no questions asked, with only Bethann one exception. And the one exception was a young man who went into a polling place to ask for the ballot of another young man who was in the state penitentiary and therefore not allowed to vote. And the only reason he wasn't handed a ballot was because it turned out that the woman working at the registration desk was the mother of the oh. state prisoner and realized that was not her son. Anybody who, who doubts this, you can you can Google you can Google this report because they issued a written report on what they found. We're gonna put some of your reports on our Facebook page too and on our uh, website. Appreciate all that you do, Hans. We like to say we're all working together to bring America home. home. Here's to the crazy ones. The misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them, because they change them. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. 
That's LibertyNewsRadio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. 